Yo, what is going on, guys? It is Mason Pierce, host of the Cover Set with Mason Pierce podcast. And man, guys, I am sorry that I did not post on Wednesday. I've been dealing with some strep throat, just swelling in my throat in general. So I haven't really been able to talk or haven't really had the urge to talk. But this was kind of a critical week regarding college football and NFL news. So I do apologize for that. But I promise you, we will go over everything. I don't know if I'll be able to go fully, fully in detail with everything, but I will make sure that I give y'all everything that has happened in the past couple days. Um, I hope y'all have had a fantastic week. I hope y'all have done great things. Um, In today's episode, it will mostly be just college football and NFLs. There's been so much news regarding both, but we will talk about the Hall of Fame kind of controversy right now going going on right now in the MLB. So let's get right into it regarding college football news. We've got some recent high school commitments. To start it off, we'll be staying in the South regarding four-star tight end Luke Haz, who originally was an Oklahoma commit, but he switched his commitment over to Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks. I think this is fantastic for Arkansas as they've needed to kind of stack up that tight end room again as they've always been known for producing very high-talented tight ends. So excellent pickup for him. Um, kind of the last high school recruitment, really, is Denton Geyer quarterback, Jackson Arnold. He is committed to Oklahoma. So, once again, Brett Venables is just reloading that Oklahoma team instead of rebuilding. I mean, I, this is fantastic for them as it gives them a long-term fix at quarterback. As we all know, Dylan Gabriel, the former UCF quarterback, He's just had, he just has one year of eligibility left, so this is kind of like a Jalen Hurts situation for him, where it's just boom or bust. You know, I don't th- I don't think Oklahoma is going to be a playoff contending team this year. I think they will do great, but once again, Jackson Arnold, the quarterback out of Denton Geyer, we a great pickup for them. Now we do have a lot of college football transfer portal commits, and to start it off, we've got Georgia transfer cornerback Latavius Brini. He has committed to Arkansas. Uh, Sam Pittman, you're going to hear his name a lot in this episode because I, I don't know what it is, but they have been dominating the transfer port- portal as of, rec- as of recently. So keep keep an eye out for them. Watch out for them to probably make a couple more blockbuster moves. Um, next one is former Alabama linebacker Shane Lee. He is transferring to USC. He never really got that much time at linebacker playing for Alabama except his freshman year back in 2019 so but he will probably be an impact starter for the Trojans so finally Lincoln Riley is is recruiting for defense he's I mean he needs to because as we all know Lincoln Riley has been able to have great offenses but he's never been able to have great defenses and I I mean yeah he's gonna be playing in a very weak conference in the Pac-12 but if you if you can't even have remotely a decent defense, you're not going to be able to accomplish anything in the sport of football. Because like they always say, defense wins you championships. Now, on to the next one. We have former Auburn linebacker Romello Height. He has also transferred to USC. So, once again, Lincoln Riley, he's, he realized he needs to stack up that defense, fix whatever issues USC had last year and years prior with uh, Clay Helton. And they've got to move on from that. Now, now this is kind of a, another recruitment one. Four, five-star linebacker and Texas A&M commit, Harold Perkins. 
he has decommitted from Texas A&M after he went to an, on an official visit to Florida. So it is looking like Florida is possibly the team that you might see him get crystal balled to. I've seen some things regarding LSU possibly being a team that he's going to be really interested in, so just kind of keep an eye out for that. But I would probably bet all my chips on the fact that he will be joining Billy Napier and that Florida Gators team. But I guess it's kind of like a story we'll have to continue to watch out for before he does end up graduating. But that is a huge loss for the Aggies as that takes them off, which takes them down from being the greatest recruiting class ever because he was such a high recruit and he did boost that class up. So currently, I think it's I think it was the 2019 Alabama recruiting class. They now take that spot back as being the number one recruiting class ever. So unfortunate. It's really unfortunate for Jimbo. They lose him, but they've got so many new recruits, and it, it kind of makes more sense for him too, as he probably would have to share a lot of playing time with those new recruits that Texas A&M will be getting from either recruitments or the transfer portal and now on to personally my favorite transfer portal news and it's regarding former texas wide receiver and speedster joshua moore he is committing to smu and will be playing for rhett lashley and the mustangs i think this is amazing as smu just lost their their kind of veteran wide receiver and reggie roberson he's leaving for the nfl draft so this is a great pickup for smu as they have been needing that kind of veteran presence so they will be literally getting an instant uh, starter as I think he only has a year left of eligibility but he gives a much needed boost to that wide receiver room at SMU as they are very very young and on to probably the biggest transfer portal news and this is regarding Oklahoma State transfer cornerback Jarek Bernard Converse and I know how I had talked originally I think it was in either last Friday's episode or on Monday's episode I talked about how I could really see him ending up at like Ohio State with Jim Knowles or I could see him ending up kind of at a at a West Coast school, but he completely flipped the switch and he's committing to LSU and Brian Kelly. So I think this is great for LSU as this literally puts them right now as the number one um, number one transfer portal uh, school school right now in the country. So Brian Kelly is made in has made a huge impact for LSU just off of him being hired. I mean, they haven't even gotten into spring camp yet, and he's already turned this team all the way around. So it's good to see LSU slowly starting to become better. I really do hope they do great things next year, as we all do, because we all missed that 2019 season with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then that amazing defense that had Grant Delpit, Derek Stingley Jr., Patrick Queen, and just all those fantastic deep that just those players overall and the NFL talent they had. And we all know LSU's a powerhouse when it comes to providing NFL talent with guys like OBJ, Jarvis Landry, uh, Leonard Fournette, and et cetera. I mean they they const they don't once again they're they're kind of like an Alabama thing where they don't they don't rebuild, they just reload. So now we're gonna get on to the NFL side because there's other little college football stuff, but it's not really noteworthy and something that I feel like I should kind of drag this episode on, if you know what I mean. So, first things first, to start off this the NFL portion of today's episode, I want to announce that Ben Roethlisberger, he is officially retired from the NFL. This is a huge chapter in, in the NFL's kind of history that is 
ending now with Big Ben retiring, Drew B- Drew Brees is retiring, Tom Brady's right now is kind of deciding if he wants to retire from the league. I don't think he will because I don't think he wants to end up leaving the league off a note like that and that horrible loss they had to the Rams. So, but no, I congratulations, Ben, on a great career. I hope you enjoy retirement. You gave all of us great memories that will last for a lifetime. Um, you made my great-grandma's kind of last couple months of her life and year of her life amazing as she was a lifelong Steelers fan so I always have respect for Ben Roethlisberger and the things he did for the Pittsburgh faith faithful so congrats Ben and I hope you do enjoy retirement and so now on to some more news we've got Antonio Brown and he's continuing to try and keep his name in the media I mean he's already he went on a podcast and he was talking about how the Bucks, they were going to pay him 200 grand just to go to a mental care facility, which we all think he needs to because he has something wrong, but he won't admit it either. But we know he does, so the Bucks tried to take advantage of him. And like, okay, well, we'll pay you 200 grand if you simply will just go get care, go get, go get this situation fixed, so we can keep you on this team, so we can go win a Super Bowl. Which I feel like if he was still on that team last Sunday, they would have easily had won that game against the Rams. But he decided to play that selfish role and kind of just overtook it. But nothing less, he decided to expose that. And he, and he decided to say it's just a crazy house, you know. Which I don't agree him saying that about a mental health facility because people are trying to get help to better themselves. So once again, Antonio is kind of just trying to find a way to keep himself in the news and really kind of the more important thing is he says the next team he will play for if he plays for any team ever again in the NFL it will be the Baltimore Ravens which it all makes sense because his cousin Hollywood Brown aka Marquise Brown he plays for the Ravens and is a wide receiver he used to play at Oklahoma Um, Lamar Jackson him and Lamar are very close so it kind of makes sense that they'd probably be the only team to really take him but I don't know how well that would work with John Harbaugh and kind of if John would really be accepting into taking that kind of okay well I have no other choice role because I think he has that kind of personality where he really wants to kind of assert a dominance as the main you know guy but in some more John Harbaugh news John Harbaugh and the Ravens they have officially agreed on an extension to keep him around with the Ravens so this is great as it keeps them having some more consistency in that Ravens staff I love John Harbaugh. I think he's a fantastic head coach. And I really can see them winning a Super Bowl if they just fix a couple pieces on defense and better that O-line on offense. So congratulations to John Harbaugh for getting that really nice extension. Um, Into some more news, the Kansas City Chiefs, their executive of player personnel, Ryan Poles, he's becoming the Chicago Bears' new GM, (laughs) which I think is funny. It's one Ryan is leaving the Bears. Another Ryan is is being hired to replace that same role as the GM. Um, Ryan Pace, he had a lot of questionable decisions, including that, I think it was the 20... yeah, 20, 2018 draft where they traded all those picks up to get Mitchell Trubisky, which no one thought Mitchell Trubisky was a top five pick, which he really wouldn't have been. But Ryan Pace, I guess, kind of quick judgment and said, hey, we're just going to trade half of our future to get this guy. And right now that guy is currently the backup on the Bills. So, you no, know, I think this is great as – I mean, Ryan's done an amazing job with Kansas City, as we all know. Drafting-wise, they've been great. 
uh, Nick Bolton this past year that they got from Missouri, the second round pick. He's he's playing like defensive rookie of the year type football. So I, I'd expect to continue. I'd I'd expect the Chicago Bears to have a little bit better drafting. Um, I don't really know how their current cap situation is. I'm pretty sure it's probably not that great as they've got guys like Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack on those huge contracts, which, I mean, you can't really escape it. So I really wouldn't expect them to make any free agency moves this year, but I would expect them to kind of draft at least a little bit better. Now for some news that happened on Thursday, the Broncos hired Green Bay's offensive coordinator, coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to be their new head coach I love this move as we've seen what he's done with Aaron Rodgers and I know Aaron Rodgers is kind of just a he does his own thing on the field but he has kind of helped shape and form Aaron Rodgers to play MVP level football this year and last year so I think this is something Denver needs as they need more of an offense to, to be more of an offensive team as they already have a lot of key young pieces on that defense, and Patrick Sartan, Bradley Chubb, I mean, and then obviously in Justin Simmons. So I mean, it's it was something they really needed. They really needed some 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 new offensive coaching staff. Vic Fangio, he just never really cut it, and they finally decided to cut in with him. I think earlier last month. So I think this is great. I'm happy. I'm super excited for this Broncos team. I hope their future is amazing as they've really needed something because ever since Peyton retired, they haven't been able to really accomplish anything. So now another head coaching news. The Bears, they have hired Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus to be the next head coach of the Bears. I mean, I feel like there probably could have been a better option like either with Kellen Moore or even Byron Leftwich if they wanted to take kind of an offensive role as we know the Bears have been super lackluster on offense so I think this is kind of going to be like a three-year hire maybe I mean I don't think he's going to put up drastic improvement for the Bears as their defense it can be good but do I think it's going to really change much no I don't really see this kind of being a long-term hire I think it's more of just a kind of a like a current thing where they're just trying to figure out whatever they can do to kind of patch on a band-aid so then later on they can get surgery and fix the whole thing so i mean it's not horrible i think they could have done better but it's it's all right now on to some more hirings baltimore they have hired michigan defensive coordinator mike mcdonald to have that same role on baltimore staff i think it's funny because one harbaugh is stealing from another harbaugh but Mike McDonald, as we all saw what he did with Michigan's defense this year, he did absolutely fantastic. Even though I know he, he had guys like Aiden Hutchinson and David Jabo, but he still had a great scheme, and I think this will really give the um, the Ravens that young kind of defensive coordinator that that can last about four to five years and give them that kind of player-coach uh, kind of vibe almost because, like I said, after they fired Don Martindale, I said they needed kind of to go young and kind of find something, someone that the players really could relate to and would probably like a lot more, which I think by hiring Mike McDonald, that's exactly what they're getting. So once again, the Baltimore Ravens uh, front office, they're making great moves. This is going to be a great long-term move in my opinion. So just keep a watch out on see how well their defense is next year. Now, the Vikings, they have hired Browns Vice President of Player Personnel, and sorry if I mispronounced the name, Kowesi 
Odofu Mensa as their general manager. Now, the Browns have had have made some pretty great free agent moves. They made they've had a couple good drafts recently. Um, once again, I kind of think this is just gonna be like a short term thing. I don't think he'll be great long term. Nothing less he does have a great track record in Cleveland with getting guys like Jadavion Clowney and getting Sheldon Richardson a couple years back from the Vikings, which now he's going to be getting them again as Sheldon, Sheldon is still with the Vikings now. So I think overall he'll do some great things for the Vikings. I would definitely expect now a Kirk Cousins trade possibly, probably just get some draft picks and get rid of that horrible cap hit that Kirk Cousins is going to have this year. And since we're on kind of the note right now of like front office and kind of assistant coaches, um, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who has been getting interview after interview after interview from almost, it seems like, every team in the NFL to be their head coach. Um, he has just let every team that he's interviewed, he's let them know that he's going to be staying in Dallas and will continue to be the Cowboys defensive coordinator going into next year. I hope this is not smoke as the Cowboys really need him to stay as their defensive coordinator as he did amazing things turning around this defense this year he really developed Micah Parsons into an all pro soon to be probably Hall of Famer here in, in 10 so years um, I mean he really crafted this whole defense into something special so I'm so happy for my Cowboys that we were able to keep Dan Quinn because I mean we all thought that he was gone I mean we were already talking about Mike Zimmer possibly getting hired as defensive coordinator maybe Sean Payton and yeah and since I just started talking about Sean Payton Sean Payton he stepped down as the Saints head coach and announced that he would be retiring but there's been a lot of kind of rumors saying that he might end up being probably might come back for a role with the Cowboys if Mike McCarthy gets fired as head coach they might hire him as head coach I don't think that'll happen because Mike McCarthy is still under contract through 2024 so I wouldn't expect any type of hire or fire uh Sean Payton I think it's I think he's finally realized after 16 years with the Saints he probably just needs some time off maybe a year or two out of the league just to you know relax have time with the grandkids everything like that um it's kind of weird having that era of New Orleans Saints football where now there's no Drew Brees there's no Sean Payton I mean it, it feels like the Saints really aren't even a team anymore, and it doesn't help the fact the Saints are like almost 70 million over the cap too. So I mean, they are literally the Saints right now are probably in one of the worst spots a team has ever been financially and just team-wise in the history of the NFL. I hope they do get things figured out because I know Saints fans are some die-hard fans and they do deserve the best, but they've got one hole to climb out of, and I mean one hole. And kind of to wrap up the NFL side of today's portion, Eagles right guard Brandon Brooks is retiring. This one was kind of sad for me is Brandon was a really good guard for the Eagles, but he just never could stay healthy. I mean, this season he had another season-ending injury. I think it was in 2020 he had a season-ending injury. And he always just kept having these lingering and lingering and lingering issues his whole career. And in case you don't know who Brandon Brooks is, he was a right guard that played college football at Miami, the Florida Miami, for the Hurricanes, and he got drafted in the third round by the Houston Texans, and he was kind of a late-round steal for the Texans, he, as he ended up becoming a Pro Bowl right guard, and 
eventually the Eagles signed him in the offseason of 2016 on a five-year, $40 million contract with an $11 million signing bonus. So they kind of figured, okay, he's going to be our longevity when it comes to right guard. We're going to have him forever and ever. Um, unfortunately, for about three, three, three and a half years out of that contract, he didn't even really play for him. So I think it's more, it was, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, he was a bad player. Because when he did play, he played Pro Bowl-level football. But it's kind of like a Derrick Rose instance where he never really got to show his talent because of injuries. As we all know, Derrick Rose was super talented, the former Bulls star. But after that torn ACL he got back, I think the year after his MVP year, he just never was the same again. So it's just another case of young talent getting ruined by injuries. I know he wasn't really young anymore, but he started to really hit his prime the past couple years before he started getting all these injuries. So once again, I hope he does enjoy retirement. I hope he heals up more, as it is really disappointing to see such a great player like him have to retire due to injuries, as we've seen this happen so many times with guys like Andrew Luck, who had to retire because of concussions, Eric Berry, who pretty much is retired at this point because he had suffered through cancer and just really couldn't play as much anymore. So hopefully he does enjoy his retirement and on the and on to the final portion of today's episode we will be discussing the baseball hall of fame controversy now first and foremost i want to congratulate david ortiz aka big poppy aka the red sox legendary slugger and dh who he first ballot hall of famer and it was well deserved i mean it was very much well deserved he i mean he statistically was one of the greatest hitters of all time but as we all know, he did have his troubles with with um, PEDs and steroids. Now, this was the last year that Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and a couple others were um, eligible to be able to make it into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And unfortunately, they didn't even get close to making it into the MLB Hall of Fame. Uh, I think Barry Bonds had like a 66% like acceptance into it so he I mean he missed it unfortunately we all saw this coming as we know that after we figured out that he had been doing PEDs that kind of just ruined his you know kind of career and how you looked at it but at the same time PEDs isn't going to completely turn you into some incredibly great player just because you're taking it it will help you but I don't think it's going to take you to be a seven-time MVP and 450-time All-Star. So I do think that Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and all of them deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Even though they won't say it themselves, they do deserve as they made baseball so entertaining back then. I wasn't alive to watch them in their primes. But I know a lot of people that listen to this that y'all y'all might have been when they were doing those things. So I just ask y'all to if kind of... DM me on Instagram at Cover Seven with Mason and let me know y'all's opinions on the whole Baseball Hall of Fame situation because I know this, I know the, the the Baseball Hall of Fame right now is getting a lot of and a lot of hate because of this. I'm not really shocked. We've seen guys like Patrick Mahomes come out and like on Twitter and has announced his disapproval with the decision that was made by the Hall of Fame committee to not allow them get into it, especially Barry Bonds, because Barry Bonds for years and years and years has always been kind of a controversial decision, really, because we never really knew if he did deserve it. I think he does. I think personally he does. 
I don't think PEDs, like I had already said earlier, I don't think PEDs just will suddenly make you some freak athlete that's going to make you a seven-time MVP. It will make you better, but I don't think it's going to make you that great. Now, if y'all disagree with me, I completely agree. I never really understood baseball when I was younger. I never really caught up too much with baseball, but I try to look at the facts and look at all the stats. And when I look at the stats and everything like that, and you look at it nowadays, I mean, people nowadays are still using PEDs. And I mean, I'm sorry, but baseball has always been a sport that is about finding any type of advantage you can have over your opponent. Like this year, MLB finally cracked down on pitchers using sticky stuff to get a really critical advantage because guys like Garrett Cole, their spin rates were going through the roof. Trevor Bauer, I mean... It, it's it's always been a trend of these guys that they'll do whatever they can to get that huge contract. And once they get that huge contract, they slowly simmer down. Because I was at the Rangers and Yankees game when Garrett Cole was pitching. And I don't think he was using it that game because the Rangers had like three home runs on them in two innings. So, because a lot of pitchers, what they would do is they would use it for a couple innings, go a couple innings off. And I actually watched a video about it. I think it was off Baseball Doesn't Exist. It's a YouTube channel. But he was kind of discussing how Trevor Bauer even said he only used it for one inning. And the RPMs, which are the spins of the baseball, it, it, it shot up by like 400. So, so I mean, no matter what, there will always be cheating in baseball. There will always be corruptness in baseball. So I think the fact that the MLB just doesn't accept the fact that he, that, you know, he made that mistake in doing it, but... That's what he had to do to be able to keep up with everyone because, once again, these are these guys' livelihoods, and they're going to do whatever it takes to be able to support their family, be able to support themselves. So if that requires them taking some PEDs to make them super strong and, I mean, just have that advantage, then they're going to do it. So, once again, I would appreciate any type of criticism or any type of recommendations y'all have regarding this subject. That's just my opinion on it, and if you want to leave anything, I would I would gladly respond to your DMs at Cover7 with Mason Pierce on Instagram. But thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I'm sorry if I don't really sound as like enthusiastic as I normally do. I'm still kind of recovering from that strep throat. So once again, I hope y'all have an amazing Friday. I hope y'all continue to be great. And peace out, guys. Thank y'all for listening.